0: Officially recording. It's the story goes a podcast partnership between SA 2020, the organization that drives progress toward a shared vision of a thriving San Antonio, and KLRN, your local public television station. Every time that I say that part, I become like, do you have to? Do it. It's yeah. required. Answer yeah. yeah. uh, yeah, KLRN I, and- <laughs> That's Kieran, um, and every week, we, or every couple of weeks, we're, there's no method to the madness. We snag human beings who are doing amazing work in San Antonio and talk to them about why they do the work that they do, um, and how we can get involved, and um, what they think you should be doing. This uh, podcast is sponsored by CPS Energy because they know that telling a more complete story of San Antonio is important. I want to welcome to the podcast, direct from her vehicle, because she's busy and she's going to other things. <laughs> yeah, Christian Reed Agba, hello. Hello,
1: hello, good morning slash afternoon.
0: You have what, like you? been, have you been running around all morning and you're like,
1: I've got to pause for I a have- podcast? Uh, Yes, because basically I started quite early this morning ripping and running across Southside and now I'm, uh, I don't know where I am. I'm across the street from a Walmart though, so that might be my next (laughs) destination. That's how you know you're an entrepreneur.
0: Listen, you know that you're one of my favorite people on Twitter and when you get started early in the morning, it is typically to just drag everything for a solid hour between like 5 and 6 a.m.
1: Those are my golden hours. I do the most of my corporate hating between five and six a.m. And I just like wake up with it because I usually get up at around four. I get up around four thirty, and I'm just enjoying some music and some tea, and you know letting it Uche sleep. But it, then it hits me: oh, the day is about to start. Let me tell everyone that I'm coming. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Right. I'm ready for it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate you mentioning Uche. Um, y'all, you're like a, a dynamic duo, the two of you, and then also separately, individually amazing. You have a company um, that you started together.
1: Well, actually, I started <laughs> in, in Detroit. I started Bethany East PR in Detroit before I moved down. And uh, when I met Uche, I was like, you know, I love you so much. I give mean, you, you have everything I got. And he's like, okay, girl. And that was that. <laughs> and it's kind of just short. You know, the
0: story goes, right? <laughs> Tell us what y'all do as a company, but then I, y'all are not just like your typical PR company. You're super, super grounded in public participation and community engagement. You started this like good people mixer to bring people together. There's like something very, I like magical and cool about the fact that yes you're pitching and doing the PR thing but it's also like a pitching and doing PR thing for your community at large and it's cool and I want to know more about it.
1: So we really stick close to that Maya Angelou quote be the change you want to see in the world and when we started Bethany Eats and changed over to Echo PR our goal was to be a change in our community and then we saw that there was a space where um where we needed more representation. And we needed to almost introduce people to how we work. We needed to introduce people to how we connect. And so doing that, it opened up an entire movement around good people. Good people was one of our introductions uh, to the city of San Antonio in terms of event planners and event hosts. But then it was a way that we brought speakers together that hadn't been given a platform before. Uh, And a lot of people that we invited, we did not know at all. And we told people that we invited to invite people that they did not know. So it became a really unique moment that we were able to host. And, and we've kind of fallen in terms of not hosting one in a couple years now, but people remember it. Folks got married from it. Babies were brought to, like, the third and the fourth one. And, you know, it, it was just uh, it's just something that we can sit back and pull on in terms of memories and experiences. And, and it guided how we would do our next project and always introduced us to new things in the community that we can support. And showing that support has been our business model. Supporting communities um, as a PR firm means spreading great news, be them our clients or not. Uh, meaning to connect our different audiences because we handle corporate clients and then connecting them with the communities that have felt that they have disproportionately been talked to or spoken with or engaged with. So it's been part of our business model. I wouldn't want to have it any other way. I love being involved in San Antonio's Road. I love having um, an opportunity to speak to people and get their honest opinion by, by mostly sharing our honest, building our own opportunity and sharing that process can really mean a lot to making sure that there are other businesses like us that feel comfortable in the spaces that we kind of have to infiltrate. So Chris, tell
2: us what y'all are doing right now at this moment. We are living through a pandemic. We are um, living through the Movement for Black Lives. What are y'all doing right now? What are your
1: priorities? As many grassroots activists that we can. We've been partnering with our friends at Doable for some years now. we partnered with them again to bring forth the Black Freedom Factory. We've engaged with a number of junior activists, younger. I'm going to stop calling them activists because they're professionals. They're consultants. They are, they are hardworking individuals that have an understanding that the process to justice is one that guides you down a number of different conversations and tracks. So we're mentoring as many people as possible uh, with Black Freedom Factory. We've launched a brand that will help, a a campaign that will help successful black-owned businesses to better market themselves across San Antonio's most uh, prominent newspapers and publications. Uh, We're doing that because a lot of times it's almost a a gray area to determine where advertising or what type of advertising is reasonable and what how much it costs or what, what is public relations for Black businesses and how much does it cost? You know, that was always our question. Um, and and we're doing that in the sense that we're kind of new to the area also. So in our eight years of being business owners, we hadn't had a Black client for almost eight years. Our first Black client was the Jerkshack. Uh, We've worked only corporate projects and no one understood that, you know, we had worked in San Antonio, worked for almost 15 different city of San Antonio offices, almost 10 different Bear County offices. Uh, And within those years, we were seeking out black clients. We were were seeking out to be great black vendors. We weren't seeking out to find great black clients. And so right now, our, our goal is to help black businesses compete on the market. Kind of different to jump in there. We're accidental activists. That's what makes it all the more accidental uh, that we're doing what we're doing.
2: We have fourteen questions and ideas and thoughts based on all of that. But I, I would, I would start by saying I appreciate this idea of like. Knowing how words matter right and how someone can be an activist and they can also be a professional and that those dichotomies are not real Uh, I I appreciate you elevating that how we're seeing sort of um,
0: the word activist being used almost uh, in a derogatory way right now Right like a space around like activists are saying they want to change city budget versus taxpayers wanting to change city budget and how you can be both an activist and a professional and a taxpayer.
1: Yeah Yeah, I pay good taxes.
0: Fun. (laughs) In multiple ways, yeah. (laughs) Why is this important to you, Chris? Well,
1: I think the conversation is important to be a part of because I don't want people to deal with it in the future. And it's time to put everything that we have behind it so that we can, again, be the change that we want to see. It's important because it helps me to compete as a businesswoman it's important because it helps the people behind me to compete again if that's what it is it's all in the race and so if, I, if my team does better in the long run we can win the race how long ever it takes i don't know but if i'm not playing my best game i want to bring the team down <laughs>
0: I, <sighs> there's a A component of um, our community in San Antonio, right, where we, um, I'm using air quotes on a podcast, I'm aware, I'm about to use air quotes on a podcast, so I'm saying it, where the idea of sort of Black Lives Matter and Black owned businesses and uh, just a conversation about being anti-racist has been such a national, like very national and how in San Antonio, Texas, this majority minority city, that there's no way we could be racist or that we would have a challenge, right, in that space. And we have seen the uh, it come home to roost very clearly. The idea that at the very beginning of COVID-19, we were seeing our... Um, black neighbors dying at exponential rates, um, disproportionate. We have seen representation across the board sort of disproportionately um, excluding black lives. When I see you uh, and Uche uh, and the Black Freedom Factory, this in the black biz program that you're starting, there is an opportunity to sort of disrupt the way that we've been functioning. And I am intrigued by this idea of being the change that you wanna see and how exhausting that could be and how do you manage through the exhaustion while also being the change?
1: Okay, the exhaustion is real. Being tired is so real. Um, Usha and I, we work so closely together, and we're working around different products. He's working, um, I'm working mainly on Black Freedom Factory, and he has a men's mental health uh, campaign that he's preparing to launch. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: our getaway, our escape is so important. We kind of go for these longer walks. Um, through our neighborhood, through the east side, through hemisphere, through downtown, around our office area. And that's been our escape in terms of really getting our minds together because questions come at us a mile a minute. Uh, Requests come at us every day or so. It's another 20, 30 requests for a conversation or for amplification or is this, is this racist? So, Uh, I really, you know, I appreciate being that type of messaging, but at the same time, it's it tolls on you mentally to figure out where people, what people were taught and the discrepancies there. Um, And then of course resting is, the story goes, if you're not willing to die for this cause, this cause can can take your entire life. It can take so much time. It can take so much energy out of you. It can literally take your life. So we do a lot in terms of Making sure we can just turn everything off we have our receptors are open every single day all day. I'm moving between messages and messaging systems and Twitter and the news and watching eight hours of city council meetings, you know and then the text messages the, the group chats, oh Lord, the group chats. <laughs> <laughs> And so so uh, it's just a lot. And so when we turn everything off, got, he, he made it one mistake one time and locked his phone in the freezer. Not locked it, but put his phone in the freezer, being absent-minded. And it was there for like four hours. He goes, it's the most relaxing amount of time I've ever spent. So now on the weekends, on a Sunday, we'll put our phones, not in the freezer, just in the refrigerator. <laughs> My phone just got super hot just now. Like, hold on, girl. Time to go in the freezer. So, yeah. so we'll put the phones on freeze for a second and chill out or we'll take our walks individually, or we'll take our walks together. San Antonio is such a city where you can find something to relax you. Um, there's brands that we engage with every day that send us relaxing things. Shock Therapy uh, sends me candles, uh, and I do, they, I have the candles. I, I surround myself with natural minerals, so I will always wear my copper earrings, you know, just to change your vibrations. Uh, and, and that's the goal, to, to find peace when there's so much going on. There's so many places you can insert yourself into the conversation of life and, and livelihood. You know, it's so many places, so many opportunities to get involved that it can over, it can be overwhelming for sure.
2: Maybe we can help your inbox then right now. I'm thinking, given how much you feel right, from clients or the community at large, and particularly at this moment through the crisis, through advocating for Black lives, are there like, hey, here are the top three most common um, communication pitfalls or PR pitfalls that you find yourself fielding?
1: Yeah, I need to turn them all into definite blog posts because a lot of them are very much similar. And it's so much data. You got to really think about how many The difference in the variance in education. First, I'm from Detroit, so we were taught a number of different things that, uh, and we didn't take a lot of, you know, Michigan history. So I don't know a lot about Michigan history. But it wasn't until the Confederate monuments started coming down that I realized the disparities and how education you know, was spread across the state. And so it's a lot of misleading information as to what people receive as racist when it's historical. Yes, but at the same time, it creates this little space of confusion and a space of, of, of discrimination. So yeah, I, a lot of it gives you a lot of information on they, they just don't know. And you gotta know better to do better, right? If you knew about the, the data, if you knew about the disproportionate killing of black people, if you knew about how and what what slave owners did to slaves, if you knew all of the histories that went on, and even I, I, I don't know, I, I even studied African American history at Michigan, still don't know a, a, a drop of what's going on, uh, then you would understand and you could do better. But now you just have questions, and who's answering it? the three people, the three black people that you know, Uh oh, we're tired, we're tired, you know?
0: Oh. Oh man, it's like, what, what is your, what is your expertise? If we're willing to utilize that expertise, um, we should be paying you for it, um, and then separately from that, where do we draw the line? Like, when can I ask you for something and when can I not ask you for something? And this idea of knowing better to be better is so great.
1: Well, you know, Celeste uh, Brown, Lana Brown, I count her as one of my mentors. She put my cash out on Instagram, and on Twitter, and random people were sending us cash money, and I didn't know what to do with it, that was the first time I had ever experienced Cash App, one, I was a late bloomer, I didn't really join Cash App until last minute, last minute, and I would get five and ten dollars an hour sometimes, just from people on Twitter, you know, was really, read an article, uh, paid attention to a little live feed, or whatever that we were doing, and then I was, I sat down and kind of took account of all of the meetings, the elected official meetings. I had a meeting with Mr. Uh, Councilman Perry, and it was one of those early morning meetings. And I know my my consultation, my business consultation, spent between one hundred and seventy-five and two hundred and seventy-five dollars an hour. The time I spent with that gentleman and the amount of information that I had to share that he did not know, he would have he would have offered he should have offered me some money, um, because. Google and God, you know? Pray about it if you really don't know, but he spent my time up. Uh, But if I sit down and really account for all of the hours that each one of these organizing organizations are doing in terms of teaching and sharing, and that's consultation. And that Cash App situation began to be something that I kind of recognize as people see that it's work also. I, I know these elected officials see that it's work. I know that they have to see it because the, the people see it. For absolute strangers to drop money in my cash app, to drop hundreds of dollars in Camille's cash-up, um, and Celeste got cash app. back. Uh, people see that this is real work that we're doing. It's not just standing on the corners and screaming at the top of our lungs. That was a process. That was an application for the movement. Now we're actually in this thing, and it's becoming a portion of our careers. You know, folks won't forget about this. You can Google me now and see us at the parade. You can Google us and see us part of the bigger conversation. we we're on record as city council. You know, the tweets are now saved in the universe uh, in the U.S. Congress you know library. So this is actually something that can alter how we grow. So uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, there's um, this fine line that you're right walking, which is you know that you need to be involved in your community, you need to be engaged, you need to participate publicly, you need to hold people accountable, and then there's a, a like a boundary, right? And then there's also work, and I'm I'm curious where how do you draw that line? Where do you find the boundary?
1: Uh, yeah. There is a big giant boundary, and being a businesswoman, it took us a, a, a It took me a lot of time to determine the model behind what the work was gonna look like for ECHO PR and for myself. And that's why we did the partnership with uh, Kamea Factory and, and launched the Black Freedom Factory. Um, to be able to put, pull resources from our corporate teams, our corporate clients, and our corporate network, and push them behind this cause. At the same time, um, really creating the infrastructure to fielding out different opportunities and not saying yes to everything there's a plenty of power and no we made it we made it very clear that we weren't trying to take over grassroots organizations goals and timelines and that we were trying to offer a, a space That was very particular in terms of getting the message across. So we created those boundaries so that we did not have to go and just offer free services here and there and everywhere. It was more so of of an opportunity to offer necessary services to grassroots organizations while while increasing the opportunity that elected officials and corporations are are receptive and then held accountable to be being equitable um and that was the platform that we were ready to use and that, though so once we figured that out we only promoted that opportunity as the thing that we were going to give give away basically
2: it's a form of activism i see as well right because we know that pay inequities are real by race and gender right so we know it's about systemically, um, we need to pay women. Systemically, we need to pay women of color. Systemically, we need to pay Black women. Um, And so this sort of organizing, I think, to send payments by Cash App, whenever I see it, I see it as a form of activism, sort of pushing back against what we know are otherwise institutional barriers um, and systemic barriers, right? And exactly, it's like if we recognize that there is value in the knowledge of historical racism or there's value in understanding how to operationalize racial equity in the organization or to support black vendors and black entrepreneurs to be successful, um, then Part of the process is respecting the knowledge that allows us to do better um, in the process of that work.
0: Chris, tell us, um, like, uh, give us what we're supposed to do. I'm like, uh, what is the call to action now? How can Black businesses get involved in the, I know you're doing, I know you've got your first cohort and y'all are going to launch that and you're moving, I think, what is it, like 20?
1: 20 brands.
0: 20 brands that you are fully giving like PR, mentoring, amazing work with, and I'm assuming you'll like introduce more cohorts as it goes.
1: Yeah, Um, every four months or every five months we'll have a new cohort
0: what is the like call to action we know that for black businesses and black owned businesses they can join this cohort every four or five months right which is cool what's the call to action for the rest of us what's the call to action for an elected official listening what's the call to action for a person who's like hey i think i i think i want to get involved more um uh what's the like give us <laughs> give us all your knowledge here for free thank you so much we ask you
1: <laughs> Oh, yes. Thank you so much for that question. I love that question. And because we have ways for everybody to get involved in this campaign. And for In the Black, we are looking for mentors. So very experienced uh, entrepreneurs and professionals in a number of industries to come off and to come up and give us just two hours in the month of September and November and lead a discussion with our 20. Uh, We'll have that opportunity every five months as we nurture and cultivate these businesses and introduce them into wider areas of opportunity. Uh, We're also looking for sponsors. Those are corporations that come on board and say, hey, we support this message. We want to make sure this message gets across to as many people as possible. The campaign is going to reach about a million people in San Antonio because we're we're coattelling, basically, on all of our favorite publications. Business Toronto Express News and that local community newspaper that's so cute. I love getting it. Uh, then, you know, there's people in our community that read those newspapers and they, they go online and they're looking for businesses to support. So please just share our content and mm-hmm. make sure you know that that these businesses are, are successful and these persons, because we do have a young lady from uh it was our authority that joined up. So it's it's a cohort for both founders and professionals of success. And we're super excited to bring and introduce these people's stories individually to San Antonians on such a larger level. And then for Black Freedom Factory, the goal is to get as many people's input as possible, of course, to guide conversations on social media around equity and to discuss what it means to be accountable. For elected officials, we're looking for, uh, we'll be launching a a Black Freedom Pact with Black Equity Pact. Uh, So we'll be discussing a, a situation, a conversation around equity and elected officials and accountability and the community's involvement in all of those things. You know, it doesn't stop. Our ability to voice our opinions doesn't stop at at merely voting. It Mm -hmm. starts at, you know, joining boards and and being part of committees as well as being vocal. So we're super excited about really introducing methods to converse with everybody across boards. It's not about black and brown and white. It's about community and being a good neighbor. And that's, that's been our, our, message, our message around ECHO PR for a while now.
2: Oh, we can get behind that. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God, we're, we're in. Um, yeah, there's an accountability, I think, structure to how we're changing the way that we're communicating with our, the people who, not just locally, but regionally and, na- and nationally, how we're communicating with people right now is like so different right like we it's no longer like i i wrote my letter to my elected official and they responded or i call it's like i'm tweeting at them i'm facebook right like you're just sort of and it's
1: and it's very profound to see the new age of getting your voice out in the open creating that that message especially okay one of my favorite messages right now and it's so tragic that this has to be our messages arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor and you see it now everywhere I mean folks are ending their uh, sign offs on the news with it they're ending their sign offs on radio with it you wear the t-shirts you tell a story I've even uh, a couple of months ago a girlfriend of mine started a a small little Facebook campaign and she invited people to tell personal stories and at the end kind of leave a cliffhanger and then put arrest the cops that, um, that killed Breonna Taylor, and, and that has been a method in which you can really draw more awareness to campaigns. Being able to talk is more than I mean, I love voting. I really enjoy the experience of voting. I get dressed up. I used to work at the polls. It's been my favorite thing ever. But at the same time, being able to go in on a on a hashtag on Twitter and release that energy and share what it is that you really want and then get your community involved in that is exuberant. Like It creates a happiness in me, and it creates a Like, it checks off something in my to-do list to make sure I am the change that I want to see in the world. Um, And then, of course, watching how people have not tried to engage, right? We have that situation we have to deal with. That kind of garners a lot of my attention in terms of what I'm going to do when I vote. We've had a president that does not stop tweeting, why don't we have more elected officials using Twitter to get the word out on what they believe and how they interact with corporations or how they interact with their communities? You know, why haven't we figured that out yet? I don't know. So I'm paying attention, right? Because I want to I make sure the people that represent me talk how I talk whether I talk on social media and I'm very vocal or whether I'm talking mm-hmm. at, at councils and chambers, I'm st- we're standing up and we're standing out. I want to make sure that the people that I elect, the people that my community elect sees that we're talking in a way we want our people that represent us to talk
0: in a way also. I, we t- we're like I, we know that in a podcast when you're just nodding your head, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't translate. <laughs> Nobody knows. But as we're, we so we have to say out loud, we're nodding our heads, <laughs> like, emphatically, yeah, emphatically nodding. I appreciate you. Um, we know that you're like moving in between all the meetings and the business, drumming up business on all the campaigns. So we appreciate you pulling over in front of the Walmart and talking to us today. <laughs> <laughs>